Do you believe that healthy conversations about climate change are possible? Yes. I think we're having one right now. How do we do this with other people? Yikes. Welcome to the introductory episode of Roots to Reason podcast. We made it. <laughs> this is an environmental podcast series that seeks to identify what shapes our individual relationships with the environment, our opinions on climate change, our action or our inaction. Our goal at the end of this series is for you listeners to develop an environmental self-awareness, a sense of belonging in a global context, to find connections between yourself and perhaps people you would have viewed as opposition, and to understand the complex origins of diverging and converging relationships that people have with the environment and climate change. So, there will be six different podcast hosts. You guys want to say hi? Hi. Hello. <laughs> we are a group of six students at the University of Montana, and my name is Sarah Griffin. I was born in Traverse City, Michigan, but I moved out west when I was five years old to Dillon, Montana. You'll be getting to know all six of us over the course of the podcast series, but my voice will show up in every episode, guiding you on our Roots to Reason journey. In this intro episode, you'll hear from my colleagues how this project came to be, as well as some sneak peeks of the conversations we've had thus far. Hello, my name's uh, Rowan Ulrig. I'm a wildlife biology senior from Kent, Washington. So I think my passion for the environment kind of stemmed from an early age, like most. And I was really fascinated by animals. I took every opportunity I could to go to the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle or the Point Defiance Zoo in Tacoma or even the aquarium. and. That was a big part of my childhood. I even had a big bucket of plastic animals that I carried around wherever I went. And that can be seen in most family photos from that period. But I carried that pure, albeit naive, understanding and appreciation for nature throughout my childhood. And it wasn't until I got to high school and kind of met like a very inspiring teacher who got me interested in kind of the other side of things of like con conserving these resources that I think all of us really value and so like by taking like environmental science classes and zoology classes I decided oh this thing I care about so much kind of want to make that my life that's what I care about and uh, that's what I want to do and so what better place to go to for wildlife biology than University of Montana, so I packed my bags and headed here. And I knew I wanted to be in the field somehow, and it wasn't until this last year, like, seeing all these excellent professors give, like, presentations and PhD students giving their dissertations that I believed that research for conservation purposes was what I wanted to do. And yeah. Hi guys, my name is Damara. I'm originally from Tehachapi, California. My passion for helping the environment stems from growing up surrounded by the Sierra Nevada mountain range. I had a chance to experience the environment and natural beauty firsthand. I believe everyone should have the opportunity to experience the beauty and wonder nature has to offer. Therefore, one of my biggest interests became conservation and preservation of the world's natural resources for future generations to enjoy. 
I am passionate about the environment because I want to ensure that future generations have the chance to enjoy nature the same way that I have. For me, it no longer feels about progress and, and this sort of forward achieving thing, but actually just if we settle back in and reconnect to what we love too much to lose, which I think everybody can do. We've become so tribal that we don't even want to listen to each other anymore. We've all been in a situation where we've had really difficult conversations with other people. And we are hoping to depoliticize those and really get at the roots of what informs a person's opinion about climate change and or their relationship to the environment. My name is Sierra Franklin, and I am also a senior in the Wildlife Biology Program. I was born and raised in Gardnerville, Nevada. So kind of what Rowan and Damar were just speaking about, their passions for the environment. It can be hindered sometimes by the inability for people to collaborate um, on environmental issues such as climate change. Being in the wildlife biology field, we learn a lot about how to listen to people, um, how to understand their backgrounds, how to understand their attitudes. Some stakeholders may not believe in the intensity of climate change, so if they see wildlife managers implementing actions to address climate change, they may not understand why. Hello, I'm Kara Shepard. I'm originally from Blaine, Minnesota. The inability for people to collaborate on climate action is something I think environmental scholars and laymen alike struggle with every day. And like Sierra, this, the first thought of the inability and the barrier to climate action, I think starts in school. In high school, I had a teacher who believed you teach climate change exclusively through science and graphs and data, and that just the fact that we know these things are happening means that people are gonna do something about them. And having this deep passion for the environment, knowing at an early age how small I was in the grand scheme of things, that was frustrating because Everyone knows the science, everyone sees the graphs, but people are still not doing anything. It's as much about the science as it is about building connections with each other and the world around us. Hi, I'm Abby. I've lived in both a suburb of Chicago and Wyoming. In preparation for this podcast, we conducted a literature review. The research we found suggests that experience, upbringing, biases, and emotions are the primary influencers of a person's attitude towards the environment and climate change. The topics of environment and climate change are largely interpreted and expressed through pathos, which is easily manipulated by social media, marketing, and news sources. This emotional manipulation in conjunction with strategic science translation and social media echo chambers results in polarization as opposed to unification in environment and climate conversations. Right, so as my colleagues have either mentioned explicitly or implicitly, no matter how much a person cares about the world, the environment, climate change, etc., you also have to care about people 
or at least understand people and what drives them, what motivates them. From the dining room table to the legislature, people in conversation have to consider what shapes a person's environmental ethic if they want to reach a real mutual understanding and problem solve effectively. And it all starts in conversation. The fact that you guys are doing something like this is the stuff that makes me hopeful, right? Like that you recognize that this is important. You know, your podcast is the kind of latest way that people are consuming information, right? Well, that's us, folks. (laughs) Uh, This podcast series will hopefully encourage you, our dear audience, to develop an environmental self-awareness of your own. Throughout the episodes, we will be both modeling and explicitly identifying conversation tips through the interviews that we have conducted with ranchers, small business owners, waitresses, professors, and tribal members. Hopefully, you will find that it improves the quality and outcome of environmental conversation. So stay tuned and learn from others' experiences and perspectives to help us create more comprehensive conversations surrounding the environment and climate change action. See you soon.